2: Hello and welcome to Conversations with the Voice of Reason. I'm your host, Benjamin Boyce, and today's Conversants are returning guests, Sasha Ayad and Stella O'Malley, who are the hosts of Gender, a Wider Lens podcast, as well as practicing therapists slash counselors who have been speaking to the gender issue Specifically with regard to adolescence, for almost as long as I have with Stella, even longer. And in this conversation, I've kind of forgot we were having an interview. We're just having such a good time hanging out and talking about our journeys, uh, gender and otherwise, through this world. So while this isn't the most essential conversation it is the essence of the conversation i know you're gonna like it follow links to their work down in the description below without further ado here is stella o'malley and sasha Ayan. stella do you guys have taxes in
0: ireland yeah
2: is is it a total pain or is it just a breeze
0: ha- taxes as in doing your taxes
2: doing your taxes yeah
0: hell on earth
2: really why
0: why do you
1: Everywhere is hell on earth doing taxes. Is it everywhere? So they know it's just a
2: scam. It's just a big scam.
1: Really? I don't know. They just
2: make it impossible so you have a bunch of people that get to make money every year doing your taxes for you. So you're taxed.
0: It's kind of an amazing idea, though. I like it.
1: Sorry.
0: You're in society and you're kind of half caveman and you're thinking, well, why don't we put our money together and everybody puts something in every year and then we can have like a, a place for that turns into a hospital, or a park, or a school, or a playground. It's a phenomenal idea. Huh. <laughs> it's not Benjamin how it happened.
1: Benjamin thinks it's a big scam.
0: <laughs> no, it's
2: not how it happened. There was these people who were stronger than everybody else, and they're like, listen, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to use my strength, but you got to pay me back. those people we eventually called royalty and kings and then eventually we had commerce and the merchants started making more money got more powerful than the church and the state and so the state had to like figure out a way to like suck the money out of everybody by promising them the stuff that were was being built by the aristocracy anyways libraries the churches held all the stuff the roads i guess maybe roads but roads were like you pay the your neighbor's pool to make roads but
1: What's the no, alternative? That was just this huge voice?
2: sprawling bureaucracy, bureaucracy. What's the al-
1: br- that's like br- when broccoli meets bureaucracy?
2: Bar- broccoli.
1: Brocc- brocc- like. Hey, I like your background. Your
2: bureaucracy. Yeah. It's a Little yeah, fancy. Yeah, it's cool. It's really pretty. Really cool. Yeah. In Hawaii. Right,
1: oh. What is that? Is That just a butt?
2: Can you figure out what it is?
1: Yeah. Isn't it like a bum. One hundred percent, I can figure out what that is. But where's the rest of the body? No, oh wait, is, is a shoe it a shoehorn?
0: It's a, it's a door
1: stopper stop. <laughs> Great. I
2: put it. I put it here because so many feminists think I'm a misogynist pig rapist guy. So <laughs>
0: now
2: I a little,
0: a little booty, good
2: for you. Oh, a little booty in the good back
0: for you. <laughs> so good <laughs> for you. They're so awful to you, Benjamin. I hate the way they talk about you.
2: Oh man, you should see what they're doing to Leslie. Really?
1: Oh, I saw that she posted something about that. I mean, of all the people, Leslie is just this First of all, I love listening to you guys talk. I don't remember what you call your segment, but I love listening to it. Oh. All right. It's really fun. Let's and a she's workout just jam. Workout jam? No, I cannot listen to talking during workouts. That's terrible. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah.
2: Really?
1: No, but I okay. I really enjoy it, and she's just this most thoughtful, calming, yeah, like sweet, intelligent, like very patient. I mean, God, like how could you attack Leslie anyway? That's nuts. Why
0: did they attack Leslie for daring to 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 to, to, to fall in love with you, Benjamin? Is it? <laughs> well,
1: I'm, I'm,
2: I when I'm out on the streets, I wave at beautiful women, or I want to. Oh yeah, I know. That's I insane. admitted that. To somebody, which means I, I'm basically on the verge of sexual assault at any given moment. Right. And then, yeah, yeah, basically, it's hand rape. Uh, I mean, like, mind rape, hand <laughs> rape, mind rape. Everything <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm assaulting you both right now. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then I made a joke about that the the front hole. Mm-hmm. Great, right, you know the What's joke. What's the
1: joke? Tell us the gender. Well, if
2: if the gender neutral term for a vagina is a front hole, is the gender neutral term for a mistress a side hole?
1: <laughs> You're Sorry. misogynist too.
0: She just laughed. So she just laughed. I didn't laugh because it's a terrible joke. Okay, no, because okay.
1: it's a side piece. That's like a, a real term, a side piece. I get it. You know that. Oh, okay. Side oh. hoe.
0: That's what they
2: call it of the business. So what have you two been up to?
0: Wow. We've been busy. Nothing really thought <laughs> so she was in the New York Times today.
2: <laughs> oh, you read that uh, yeah. that piece?
0: Yeah,
1: this it- the side piece. No, it was it was a main it was a piece. column. It was a main piece. No, it was great. So Pamela Paul <laughs> is a journalist who wrote a really extensive piece about youth gender medicine and detransition, and she featured myself, Stephanie Win, Julia Mason, like sev- several. Uh, Paul Ryan Garcia like lots of the the wow. colleagues and people we know who are working on this yeah. issue so it was really nice to see that piece in the New York Times and our our book was mentioned in the piece which I was really thrilled about
2: What was the uh, take the overall slant of the piece
1: Was that um you know what's what's happening is gender medicine in America is actually kind of this outdated experimental model of affirmative care and that in europe things are going differently and that there's a lot of silencing and accusations against clinicians who are trying to work in an exploratory fashion there were lots of angles that she covered but that was oh. the gist of it
2: interesting yeah
1: yeah and she featured lots of detransitioners and they talked about their experiences and all of the kind of red flags that were missed when they were being assessed or kind of treated for gender dysphoria and just kind of ushered along the path. And if I'm missing anything, Stella, feel free to jump in. But that was like the important stuff that I remember.
0: And they mentioned uh, therapy first and stuff. And like, um, well, well, Pamela, Pamela Paul is good. So it's, I just wonder what's going down in the New York Times. Is there war before a piece like that? Yeah. Or are they actually trying to reverse slowly but surely?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder I wonder what they're actually doing.
2: Well, every once in a while, they, they come out with a piece like this, right? Yeah. Like well, about every is, six bullets or so. Yeah.
1: I think this piece, though, is the mo- most accurate, non-biased version of a New York Times piece on gender that we have seen so far. I mean, I Good think on. this is a very different piece than what's... I mean, I'm very happy to see that they're covering gender with some nuance but I mean up until this piece I have had lots and lots of qualms with the pieces they published before though I'm always glad to see progress like I don't want to take that away from anybody. I think each piece has been a a a step it's been incremental Mm -hmm. and this is the
0: biggest and I presume the next one maybe in six months Ah, uh, will be even big. You know what I mean. That they're they're slowly, slowly, slowly. Yeah. But why are they going so slowly? I I just like if they can publish a piece like that, and that you know Christina Joette, she wrote a piece. There's been a few pieces. You know what I mean. But puberty blockers and stuff. Yeah.
1: Well, I think Pamela Paul's done an amazing job. I mean, she oh, really yeah. was not. She did not mince words. She was really clear. I think she did an amazing job.
0: It's been the best. Oh. It's been the best
1: piece.
2: An issue of this magnitude, that incriminates and opens for uh, like major malpractice suits for a lot of places. Like, mm-hmm. if this just came to a screeching halt, there would be big trials. I'm sure. Like it would. It would just be. It would be so big. Everybody would be caught with their pants down. I think the signal is like the, they're they're slowly signaling, okay, start backing out, start backing out. And there'll be a critical mass of people like just distancing themselves. Uh, But because it was such a huge push and so many people went on board and so many people stake so much of their reputation on this Mm -hmm. under the cover of going along with the right side of history or whatever it is, in little ways or in big ways, that it's just, it, it would, it would be disastrous to the system, and the system's still not willing to admit what it did during COVID.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it
2: knows. It knows the medical system is really on shaky ground with trust. You know, with the, all the COVID stuff, all that racism
0: baloney, and all yeah. this gender stuff. So. And what about? Remember the opioid uh, epidemic? Was I wasn't really following America at all back then. Was there an awful, was it similar to COVID or was it similar to gender? Were there kind of people trying to speak up or was it not noted?
2: It wasn't, oh. It, it did, I mean, it was like a crisis, but it didn't, it didn't seem like to garner the sympathy of terrible, too ter- terribly, too many people. Really? And so it was just kind of slowly just backed away from, the, the system kind of just slowly changed course. And no, nobody, no no, heads were rolled, you know, like the, mistakes
1: the, were made. The documentary series Crime of the Century is very good on the opioid epidemic. It's like this two-part documentary. I think each one is two hours long. But I, I remember watching really? that with, with my mother. And I mean, every 10 minutes, I was like, oh, my God, this is just like gender. Like, yeah, it was yeah. so shocking, the number of parallels. And then yeah. Stella, when we were in Ireland, or sorry, in Denver, we were all there. And Carrie Mendoza gave an amazing talk mm-hmm. about the opioid mm-hmm. epidemic. You just had her on Benjamin. It was yes. kind of a short mm-hmm. interview, I think, but she laid that out very well, mm-hmm. and there are so, so many parallels. So like, you know, I, I I don't know if it garnered the kind of attention that gender is garnering I mean, like, now, ha- but Harry it said, is.
0: Like, Harvey said that she'd get into the car crying, yeah, yeah, distress. And that she had complaints. She was working on the er She's a doctor. She had complaints when mm-hmm. she wouldn't give people opioids. Yeah. yeah. To her superior. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Uh,
2: and then up in Canada, they're not, I uh, uh, was a joke. Like, imagine a school counselor giving your kid Oxycontin, right? And that's what Canada's doing. They are like they drive around with these vans, just handing out like safe drugs, safe supply drugs, and teenagers can get fentanyl now for free. <laughs> so are you it's serious? Like, it's all... Yeah, I just had uh, I just had a uh, Jennifer on yeah. it.
0: Mm. So
2: it keeps on repeating. There's something wrong with the entire system.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: a systemic, like mm-hmm. like truly a systemic issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And you guys so, are
2: both independent, right? Well you're independent
0: yeah
1: like as in like Beyonce like independent like that what what do you mean independent Uh, uh, (laughs) what do you mean by that uh, I'm kind of like like, (laughs)
2: well there's clinical doctors and stuff right who are like really a part of the system oh Uh, you
1: mean like do we work on our own like in in private practices yeah so you
2: guys are you guys are able to like adapt a little bit more or question the prevalence. Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, if I was working in a hospital system and I was supposed to be following whatever protocol they passed down to us, I would not be able to explore and look at things in a more nuanced, careful way. And also we'd be probably, you know, under managed care, which means you only have X amount of sessions for these clients and you have to use like a manualized, um, Treatment method. None of it would be possible if only because I'm in private practice. Do I have the freedom and flexibility to think in kind of, I guess, like I would say, out of the box ways, or to initiate my own kind of curiosity about what works, what doesn't? Like we have tons of flexibility in private practice.
0: I always say to uh, you know parents who are looking for therapists, like. Look for an independent one, an older independent one, you're most likely, frankly, I've I've pretty much stopped telling people to look for therapists. I think a lot of kids are going to be sent to therapy when they don't need to be sent to therapy. But yeah, if at all possible, somebody older and somebody who's independent, they'll have the experience of their own knowledge of understanding because they've been seeing people for years and they can do what they want because they're independent. Yeah. Good near a clinic. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Same. It's hard
2: it allows you guys also to exploit uh niche market too like uh with the whole gender stuff i mean you guys have found a lot of work to do that was opened up because of Mm -hmm. failures in uh in the other parts of the healthcare, mental health care system
1: yeah i mean i mean there's more work than we could ever actually tackle and I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because like on one hand, yes, and Estella, I don't want to speak for you, but it's like, we also feel this really strong conviction that sharing information and helping to guide people who need support is important to us. And so I know that I have done a ton of work that is not really compensated for, you know, like over the years of just putting out information like the, you know, the podcast and a lot of the things that we do. So when you say exploit the market, I mean, yes, we found a niche that is going to have a never ending waiting list. And also a lot of the work that we have done has really just been almost like a public service. And of course, I mean, my practice is full. Like I'm, I don't want to say that I, you know, I'm I'm not full, but I also have a very small caseload because I spend so much time. Doing these other things that, frankly, there's not a lot of you know financial compensation for.
2: Well, there's plenty of clout, though, right? I mean, you're you're like a yeah. meteoric rise of influence, yeah. I guess, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. I guess so. What do you think, Stella? Um, I think.
0: You know, we could we could just see uh, clients all day, but it feels like and both me and Sasha have come to the conclusion actually we could work more effectively a lot of the time with parents and that we, you know, we have parenting sites, both of us, because we're like, there's so many people left in the wilderness on their own with the stories we hear of therapists. I, I just... When I first, heard them, I'd think, okay, that's awful, that's awful, that's awful. Now I'm just like, yeah, that's expected. I mm-hmm. I'm talking mm-hmm. really awful,ly awful,ly high handed therapists who are, you know, alienating very vulnerable kids from their from their from their parents and suggesting that they're crazy gender identities that are like nobody's heard of and just awful stories that I I think. I, I hope we have clout. I hope people are listening to us because we've we've put in the hours studying and figuring out what is going on and what could be and trying to keep it like non-ideological and keep it kind of interesting and um making sure that we don't fall into another camp and pulling back out and always thinking and thinking and talking and talking and testing and testing our, our theories and never coming down one way or the other and constantly kind of leaving space for being wrong. And then always falling in with psychological insight as as that's our profession. Thank God, some of us are doing that because so few are doing it. Yeah. It's frightening.
2: How's that working out for you? Be it citrus.
0: Well, for Be me, it...
2: uh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, non-ideological. Because doesn't that make it like... You're not standing in the middle of the road. You're getting run over by everybody.
0: I well, I'm getting right. run over by everybody. There's no doubt about it. It's working out very badly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very. It's definitely a very unpopular uh, uh, stance to take. And I remember a politician saying to me years ago, "We we started a school together, me and the politician, and he said, and the, the, we were getting complaints from everybody, the parents, the teachers, everyone. And he said, well, both sides. He said, it very cool, like." Well if both sides aren't happy, we're doing something right. And I was like, really?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm living that now. And I see what he means. Like if both sides aren't happy, you're you're probably somewhere around the middle. You, you know what I mean? Feeding both sides.
1: Can I ask something about that actually? Because like I mean, I've I've watched this particular kind of group come after Jen Spect- on Twitter. And of course i'm not behind the scenes at genspect so i don't know where else you guys are getting it and it's such it's such ridiculous accusations it's just like oh. so weird so um but like are you guys at the genspect like website for example at the genspect email are you getting like bombarded by criticism there or is it just on twitter because like Honestly, when you say it's working say, out badly i'm like i think genspect has given yeah. so much support and is this incredible resource and i hear all the time from parents that say if it wasn't for your yeah. podcast then genspect and stella uh-huh. like so uh-huh. i'm just trying to figure out is it just on twitter that this insanity is happening twitter. it's
0: laughable i openly said we've got no emails but i spoke to kelly j with the lovely oh Benjamin. Yeah. Let's talk about that later and <laughs> um, we when I I said we haven't got any emails. I thought we would be bombarded with emails. To this day, to this day, since the famous man in the blue dress, since the, all of that, two, one, one email, two emails, like literally, I'm I'm like yeah. tiny numbers. Yeah, there's been a couple of emails about they've decided. Some people have decided. It's really really irritating because there's nothing, but they've uh, s- some parents have decided that I think all boys are AGP. Now, you know, Sasha, like me and you talk about gender all day, every day. There's nothing in me that thinks that. There's nothing in me that's ever said that. But they've kind of come to the conclusion. There's so much, they're living in so many kind of conspiracies. They're seeing conspiracies left, right, and center. But no, I don't know. Very, 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 very single digit, definitely, emails. But I'm talking like two, three, maybe four, I don't know tiny numbers yeah. and oh, thousands of tweets. Even today, I was in a conversation with um, Dennis Kavanagh and I think her name is Lucy Alcott or something like that. Anyway, and she was, we were just talking about, you know, something. And then they they kind of screenshotted. These are all, you know, pseudo. They say they're feminist. They certainly don't treat me as a woman very well and they don't let me speak. <laughs> and, and they... um they just rained on me because I said something about stereotypical. I said, uh, the stereotypical behavior of a female, why, would, why does a gay man have stereotypical behavior of a female? I've never understood it. Well, I might as well have said I'm a paedophile. You know what I mean? There was an onslaught of people quote tweeting, look at this sick rubbish. How is she a psychotherapist? Her license should be taken away from her. And this is a safeguarding failure. Why doesn't mm. she
2: The <laughs> way a safeguarding failure?
0: Yeah. yeah, a safeguarding failure. Yeah. Yeah. But I said, why do gay men have often display, I didn't say I was very qualified, often display stereotyped Typical female behavior. That's all. And it was a linguist who was speaking. She was in the conversation and she was saying that they actually do follow the female voice patterns. Registered. Interesting. And I was saying, why is that? I was genuinely interested. Mm. And it was like, Stella, the sick psychotherapist, take her license. These are all ostensibly on our side. Take her license, complain, safeguarding fail. I wanted to say, what's the safeguarding fail? I had a
1: similar thing. I had a similar thing. I, somebody, I think Eliza Mondegreen posted this video of a a young woman who was probably in her late teens with a shaved head and talking about the way she wears her clothes to give off like non-binary vibes or something like that. And she was, it was, you know, Eliza was right. She was like, it's kind of cringy adolescent, like display of your, clearly a kid who's Maybe a theater kid, like very expressive, very smart, but like, you know, talking about like, when I want to feel masked, I kind of walk like this, like she's doing this whole thing. And, you know, I, and and I watched it and, you know, she said that she doesn't want to have surgery. She said something like at the end, she was like, you know, if your body is more curvy and more feminine and you feel masculine, that's cool. Cause you don't have to change your body to like express yourself. And I, I wrote something like, you know, I kind of love this. It's a yeah. you know, teenage girl using clothing and posture and aesthetic I to like express it. herself and to kind of like play with her appearance and her style. Nothing new about that. And I think we should not mock her because, you know, yeah, maybe she'll cringe when she's like older or whatever. So anyway, I said, I think I kind of love this. You know, it's really cool. She's like showing, you know, people watching how to like, use their clothes and posture Hmm. differently. Anyway, somebody screenshotted that. Retweeted it and said, "I something like I am appalled that this supposed psychotherapist doesn't have better critical thinking and analytical skills that this young woman is clearly confused about gender or something." And I was just like, "Everybody's
0: an expert, actually.
1: Yeah, and so and she also said, "Like this makes me concerned about safeguarding and her clients are all in danger or some shit like that." And I was red just flag, like, red flag, Sasha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I mean, I do think there is such a There are a certain kind of group of people online who take things so literally that they don't even know how to read between the lines, how to think about context, how to think about the longevity of this young woman's life in the video. Like, what is the point? Like, is this a young girl? you know, in, you know, the fetal position, cutting herself and saying the only way to be happy is surgery. No, she's happy. She's like, she's expressive. Like, I mean, there's so much context that some people miss. And I do wonder if it's, you know, part of it is just that we're in this like, very literal and text based medium talking about things, but man, it's
0: just, I I wonder it's a little more because some people seem to search for a fight. I, I remember yeah, one yes. um woman telling me that she'd get up in the morning and she was like very much, I don't know, she was gender critical to want a better phrase. And she'd get up in the morning and search with phrases looking yes. for the most egregious thing that a trans person has said so that she could say, look at this, this is disgusting, vomit, puke. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, that's what I used to do. She she In the end, she, she, she left, Twitter. she said it would brought out this yeah. awful person in me she mm. said i'd be literally on the motorway and i'd pull over because i have to say more <laughs> like, no it's just oh. consuming me and she said i was looking for a fight i was looking for the most and i think people that that some people are doing that they're, you know what mm-hmm. i mean that they're mm-hmm. they're let's say you're in their line of fire or i'm in their line of fire and they're like they go straight in because another person took me up in the female stereotypical and said, why did you say effeminate? That is sick. I just don't understand. And it's like, no, I didn't yeah. say effeminate. No, really. You you are really, you make me want to vomit. Right? Well, no, I didn't say effeminate. It's literally the tweet above. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and they, they were so cross-eyed with rage. They yeah. didn't even read it right. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's okay. the
2: problem? Why, why is effeminate a uh, slater?
0: Oh, well, it's, it's probably a safeguarding flail. Red flag. Probably <laughs> <laughs> the words of a rapist. I have no idea why "feminist" is a bad word.
1: I can't wait till they take have... all these clips with the word "rape" and "pedophile," and they kind gonna make a nice little mashup, and then that's the end of our careers
0: <laughs> forever. I, I'd love to know though what's the, the the thing. I think it's something to do with tribalism, and you know, when you're in the tribe, you're just determined to pull down anybody who's slightly near the tribe. Mm -hmm. They they, they particularly want to get those people rather than the, you know, the enemy over over the hill. They're not very interested in them. Freud called it the narcissism of small differences, as far as I remember. And
1: throughout most of my career, I've worked with adolescents, not so many uh, adults. But I would guess if they are anything like the adolescents that I've worked with, the most meek and passive people in real life have the most egregious online personalities. So I do think that when you see people acting like that on the internet can almost guarantee that like in their real life, they really struggle with agency. They really struggle with asserting themselves for standing up for themselves. And they feel like a victim because part, you know, part of partially probably because of stuff that's actually happened to them, partially because their personality, they haven't developed some robust ability to care for themselves and and get their needs met or something. But I suspect that you you'd see a huge discrepancy between how those people act IRL and online.
0: You, you're right. I I had a a meeting with a, a whole crowd of them about last year or the year before. Anyway, I, I went into it was in a pub in Dublin. And I went into it and I thought I was going to meet all these warrior women. They were all sheroes and, you know, that <laughs> muscle thing and all those emojis. And I, I met such a quiet group of timid women mm. who, who weren't speaking or and weren't really saying anything. And, you know, no, no, you go ahead and very timid. And, mm. you, and I remember I left going, I, I was astonished at how... Witty and quick and sassy and and ballsy they were online. The discrepancy yeah. with the real yeah. life. And I didn't have, fair play to you, Sasha, I didn't have your insight uh, before. I thought I was going in to be warrior chicks. And I walked mm-hmm. away going, oh my God, that is shocking. But now I know them all a lot better. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> they're,
2: they're, oh,
0: there's yeah. crossover
2: with one of your books, Stella's Bullyproof Kids.
1: Yeah,
2: right. So, I mean, is this not? Is there not similar behavior going on Mass- online and
0: massively? And they often say, you know, like I, I know quite a lot about bullying, and they often say when when you're when you're dehumanized, and me and you, Benjamin, are, are close to it by certain groups, you'll never undo it. They they will troll you for life yeah you, you know what I mean, they dehumanized you, and that's it. It's you're forever polluted. They don't see you as a human. Same with children, I'm sure you will have seen it in school back when you were kids, that certain kids were pretty much dehumanized within mm. the classroom. that was it. They were gone. The, you know what I mean, mm. the, the ability for a human to mm-hmm. rehumanize them mm-hmm. is is very, very difficult. And, um, so I've been very conscious of that, so that I've been dehumanized by a, a group of of women. And the trans activists, they don't come after me. They've just, they've given up on me. You know what I mean? This is, they really don't do very much. While the uh, the women are furious with me and they've dehumanized me and they lie about me all the time and stuff. So it's, it's a pretty uncomfortable place to be. And I have a friend actually who left Twitter. She left because of trolling. She was quite famous and she left. She's Irish. And she left, and she's always telling me, "Get off, and it's just a really, really toxic place. Mm-hmm. You know, she's probably right. I
1: bet that's true
2: you know, the reality is, uh, at least with the genspect conference, that there was so much stuff that went on there. they got completely
1: overshadowed. Uh, overshadowed it sucks. By, I know by this it one was little awesome picture, by the way, it was so cool to be there.
2: Anyway. what did you what did you learn some of the things Sasha if you can remember I back have
1: I, I have paper. a notebook like full of furiously scribbled notes and actually I had a to-do list for post post Denver of all these things all these kind of like things I wanted to tie a bow on because like make sure my understanding was there um I mean there are so many things I'm just going to share with you some of the highlights that are fresh on not fresh on my mind but like coming up Colin Wright had an amazing presentation and something that he kind of pulled out that I had intuitively felt, but didn't know how to articulate was something about models. And he talked about how in science, the model that is, I'm going to say this wrong, but kind of like the simplest, most straightforward way to explain something is probably the correct way to explain it. Whereas the more convoluted and twisted and bizarre and complicated some model is to understand, the more likely that it's like smoke and mirrors. I mean, that's my words, not his. Yeah. And he put up these images of like, basically, he. I think he was talking about how we used to understand the orbits and rotation of the earth and the different planets around the sun or something and how like there was originally this model that was like so confusing and like the way they thought that the orbits worked was just this like bizarre like a bowl of spaghetti basically lines explaining the orbits and then when we realized the heliocentric model where it actually revolves around the sun it just looked perfect and clear and parsimonious and When he talked about the way they try to explain biological sex being a spectrum and like all of the uber convoluted things that they do, man, that was so good. I I had didn't get to tell him like to his face, like that was so, so helpful. And I it's like I we all knew it intuitively, but the way he spelled it out was so good. And then
0: then, then, um tweet about it the other day, that same presentation. I saw
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. It's Really cool to see. Is Richard Dawkins in touch with Jen Speck now or something? Oh no, God! Oh. We should
0: have, we should have gone and stalked him. it's yeah. yeah. so
1: happening. It's so busy. You we know, should you get think? him on our show. Yeah. Or Benjamin, you should. We're now like <laughs> dueling podcast hosts.
2: <laughs> you know, you can have Richard. I would get, I would get stuck in the atheism angle. You guys can okay. just take the gender thing. Okay,
1: yeah, that's, that's really interesting. We'll let him know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I loved a lot of the talks. I mean, I loved hearing Jamie Reed's talk. It was just cool because there were so many different angles. Like Jamie mm-hmm. Reed has such a different perspective on it. And she just talked yeah. about being part of the left and not giving up on the left. I mean, it was very powerful. And then you had somebody like, um, you know, James Lindsay, who was basically saying like the left is trying to like brainwash and communize our that's entire school cool. system, like totally opposites.
0: <laughs> but it was cool
1: to hear both presentations in the same place. And that's that's what made it so special. And that's what's so sad about the way things got overshadowed is that actually mm-hmm. it was so much dialogue and back and forth. And I mean, uh, I mean,
0: it was awful. It was devastating, yeah. really. And Corinna Cohn gave a great presentation where oh, she yeah. asked people to rub their hand if they were left wing, and to rub their hand if they were right wing. I thought that was a really good idea to just show mm. that this is, you know, this is not a left wing or a right wing. It was quite clear,
1: yeah. that it
0: was both sides. That this was not a left wing or a right wing issue. Yeah, I thought that was very powerful. She gave very inspiring, sadly, a speech about pulling together and mm. how we needed to pull together and we needed to kind of, you know, we need. There was something really big happening, and we needed to work together, and. I was very moved by it. And so then, yeah. after watching all of that just destroy over those few mo- few weeks in in November that it was awful. It It wasn't
1: destroyed because unless somebody is on Twitter and is part of that ideological group, all of those incredible presentations are Mm -hmm. on the Internet now and they're being referenced. And so many people have shared things with me like I just I'm sure being in the middle of it, you are bombarded with that kind of negativity. But I just want to say as somebody who's kind of on the side, nothing was destroyed. Everything that Genspect has done is amazing and continues to grow and i see you guys keep adding new people to the genspec board like i just don't want you to think (laughs) that a couple of weirdos on twitter have destroyed anything like no offense to the weirdos on
2: twitter uh, a few few dozen weirdos were like
0: yeah but loads of them there are so many of them are anonymous and like they're in places like ireland and i'm like well why are you anonymous in ireland like i I live in ireland you don't need to be anonymous you're not gonna get sacked Don't tell me anybody cares. You know what I mean? There's some countries, without a doubt, you need to be anonymous. But loads of them, oh, I couldn't, I fear for my life. What the hell? (laughs) It just doesn't stack up. They do not need to be anonymous. But it helps to be anonymous because you can behave. I notice it when in any of those forums where everybody's anonymous, I'm rougher, I'm quicker, I'm not as nice as I am when the civilization of my name is, is put onto yeah. it. Do you know oh, you mean name? when Are you're anonymous? Kind of, mm. Yeah. When the like, let's say moms that everybody's anonymous. So you mm. end up, kind of, would you say it much quicker and much rougher? Because it's just like, you're just slinging it at them because, you know, it's just, it's just another comment because you're anonymous. Well, if it's your own name, you put care into it and you, you know, cause you know that it matters because this is, you're reflecting yourself. I think anonymity is a a terrible thing online. I think it's a key part of why online discourse is so revolting, is the anonymity. And I know the parents have to be anonymous. I get all that. Although I think less and less do they need to be anonymous. They certainly do if they're going to be trolling people, but not if they're just going to be, you know, courteous and thoughtful and reflective. (laughs) You know
2: what I mean? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the yeah when kids say they're trans Uh what what next what happens you guys wrote a book this is what we were supposed to talk about this long time ago but
1: there's a meme that that explains the whole thing it's we didn't even need the book because the meme exists now it's a mom in the 50s it's a drawing and the kid says mom i'm trans and then the mom says well you're not dear And that's the end of the discussion. A lot of people believe it's that simple. Just say, no, you're not dear and move right along. So you could just throw our book away and just find the meme on the internet and that's the guidance that you need. Is that true? No. It's not true. (laughs) No, it, that's an actual meme. Because I remember when we had the debacle about the title of our book, then we'll get into it. It's Friday. I feel very casual right now.
0: Oh, but right we get We'll
1: get to your question. But <laughs> um, the and also I just had a birthday. So I'm 42 yeah. now and I don't give an oh. F. So I'm just letting it all hang out.
0: Cassie oh. <laughs> was born on the Feast of St. Bridget, which is a very big day for women in oh. Ireland. Yeah. Does it involve
1: yeah. food and feasting?
0: It involves a goddess and it, it doesn't involve food really. Oh. But uh, I was just looking to see if I have my breath of freedom, but it's not. But basically, you put out a white cloth out the night before the feast of St. Bridget, which is the first of February. And then you, uh, you uh, I don't know, when you bring it in the next day, that keeps you from.
1: <laughs> I don't it,
0: keeps know. You, it keeps you healthy for the rest of the year anyway i put my white cloth out and i am not sick today so day one it's working oh
1: you actually did it that's so oh, cool i, oh, I tend cool. to
0: do things that yeah I to do these traditions but it's a big day it's a goddess she's a, you know the, the 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 goddess of fertility and it's the first day of spring and it's it's a big day you know what i mean for fertility and kind of woman-ness it's a oh. it's, it's a great day.
1: that's awesome Well, I'm very proud to be having birthday on that day. Well, Well, the point is, when we were trying to figure out the title for our book, initially, we had a title that displeased a lot of people. And um, that meme kept coming up again on the toxic platform of Twitter, aka X. People Mm -hmm. were basically saying, why do you need a whole book about this? All you do is tell the kid they're not trans. Like oh well, you clearly haven't met any of these kids, and or the schools, and or the doctors, and or the therapists, and or the peers, or anybody else on the planet. So and
0: and the yeah. devastated parents who did say you're not trans, who did say everything, mm-hmm. who did say you're getting off the internet, who did take their phones off them. You know what I mean? When yeah. you've met them. Then you'll you'll learn some manners around the thing and say it's actually not that simple. It's it's Mm -hmm. pretend it's simple. The parents are treated so badly because not only is is their kid wrapped up in something that is really unhealthy, they get everybody saying, Just parent the kid, just say no. It's horrible.
1: Yeah, it's really tough. But yeah, we did write a book. It's behind Stella. What was our bad title? I can't remember it. Is my child trans?
0: Oh, yeah. Basically, you're not allowed to say that. Yeah. But we were trying to point out that that's exactly what the parent is thinking. They're thinking, is my child trans?
1: Like, Yeah. It's like Like, what they're Googling at at night or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But we also are aware, like, like Stella was saying, for parents who have been going through this, they've also been bombarded with so much pro affirmation messaging that we are we became aware that that title might put off a certain type of parent you know that there are lots of different parents in this some who are tentatively affirming because they believe it's going to destroy their child's authentic self if they don't and so like for those parents that title might have been really valuable but there's a lot of other parents that are like i know for sure like this is not right for my child she came out with her other five best friends like they they were not trans until five minutes ago i know my kid's not trans so that title might have been a kind of put off put put off the parents
0: i like when kids say they're trans but i hated the bad faith pylon around the 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 first title you know yeah Uh it was bad it was unfortunate you know
2: yeah part of it is is the part of Stella, part of the reason you get maligned is because of status. There's a lot of different toxic things going on to to make that environment toxic for you, but they go after Gen Spec because Gen Spec's actually doing something. They go after you because you're actually you're working your ass off. No. Like mm-hmm. you are just like one of the hardest working people I know, mm-hmm. and you're sh- you're slowly showing results, and people mm-hmm. are like, "Oh, uh, GenSpec's going somewhere." Well, I'm just going to be on their board of advisors. Now, now mm-hmm. that they have cloud, I'm going to go in there and tell you guys what to do. This is what you should do. This is what your dress code should be. You know, <laughs> but they're the, the, they're they're attracted to power. They're like, and so so there's part of that. You know, and Leslie got into a fight. I'm like, if you're not having fun, put the app down. Good for you. Like if you know, like if you're not having fun with these women, these feminists going after you, calling you all these mean names. She's an apologist for you know rape culture because she laughed at a joke, but, you know, whatever she did. Like and, and uh, I'm I'm uh, uh, yeah, so many men and women and girls are are being sacrificed for men, and and I'm 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 I'm, I'm a part raping. of that, you know. I'm 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 hand raping people, <laughs> and 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 you know, anyways. So if you don't have, if you're not having a good time, you can't take it seriously. You, you can't take it seriously.
1: No, I, can, I don't have that. You cannot ben. take Twitter seriously. You,
0: you, Ben, you seem to have that ability. You seem to have such a, because I saw them calling you a creep and I was outraged on your behalf. I thought it was just such a, I think, like I said um, the other day, calling a man a creep, it's like calling a woman a slut. You have no answer to it. It's—it's it's, it's a really... It's a really it's malign thing really but you seem to be as cool as a breeze around it you seem to be having a laugh with it i'm not having a laugh i think it's awful and
1: really can, can i share a story because i think this is kind yes. of like relevant so okay <laughs> this is a, a new orleans story stella <laughs> can i share this story okay yeah, yeah, so the, really the first time that stella and lisa marciano and i met we planned a trip to New Orleans. It was just for fun. We like barely did any work talk. We just spent time yeah. together. And this really amazing thing happened and I swear this is going to loop back to this conversation. So we were in New Orleans in a very kind of touristy part of town and there was a little shop there. Um and it was like Madame so and so's shop. And you know in New Orleans there's the culture of like A little bit of magic, a little bit of voodoo, you know, this mystical kind of thing. So the woman who ran the shop was very charming and she was interacting with every guest that walked in and Lisa wanted to buy a candle from her. So we're in the shop and I'm watching this interaction between Lisa and the woman go down and Stella's browsing around like I don't think you were watching it precisely as much as I was. So the woman does something super interesting. She starts asking Lisa, what does she do? And Lisa says, Well, I'm writing my first book. This was right before motherhood came out. Okay. So the woman I starts this, charming her yeah, so the woman starts charming her and she's like, "Oh, you're gonna be such a famous author and like this is all happening while there's a transaction to purchase the candle okay so Lisa gives the woman a twenty, and the woman puts the twenty in the register. the candle's like ten dollars, okay. And the woman gives Lisa a piece of paper and a pen and says, Oh, will you sign this? Cause you're going to be so famous one day. And I'd love to say that I knew you or whatever. So Lisa's like, Oh sure. You know, so she signs it and Lisa's waiting for her change. And the woman is not giving her the change back. So I'm watching this totally amused. I'm amused by this and Lisa's waiting. And then eventually Lisa's like, I'm waiting for my change. And the woman tries again, she tries to distract her with something. And then finally she gives her the $10 back. And I was like, oh, that was pretty clever. Like I was impressed A by the woman's trickiness. And of course Lisa was like right there with it. But I remember Stella, you were so disturbed. You were so (laughs) upset when you found out. Do you remember that? you couldn't believe that she would kind of do this scam and i remember your eyes lit up you were like i think you were a trickster you were like she was a trickster
0: yeah you were kind of excited and intrigued but i was horrified I was hurt. I was yeah. hurt Like I really was.
1: And you said yeah. something like I used to own a shop and I would get so upset if customers like accused yeah. me of trying to rip them off or something. Yeah. So I guess all this to say that like, when there's egregious behavior by anonymous people on the internet, mm. like you're genuinely hurt and saddened. you're like yeah. disturbed that people would do that. And I guess like, I'm like, That person's not like not even real to me because their behavior is so outside the realm of anybody I'd ever want to be around that I'm just like, I don't like I don't even see those people in a way. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. And I'm going to remember that story because I remember we were outside the shop
0: and you were. Intrigued and smiling and interested, and in the whole thing that had gone down. And I was like, and
1: then the paper, and then it was like the motion of the hands and the change. Like I was fascinated by the whole thing. Wow. I was angry and upset and distressed
0: and just hurt. <laughs> and I had, I had nothing to do with this, and I was hurt. Like yeah. Sap. But you're like that, Benjamin. Too. You're having a laugh by the looks of it. Anyway, you look like you're having a laugh with them.
2: Every once in a while, I get stressed out. Like, with when it, with when they're all coming after me, I get kind of stressed out because I could feel it. I can feel yeah. this negativity, just like mm. even when I'm not even looking, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my phone over there, but I could just feel it for a while. Mm. But eventually, they, they go on to something else. You know? know
0: what? One thing I feel a little bit strongly about, and I, I, I still feel strongly about. I could just back off. I could easily just not tweet it. You know what I mean? I don't have any massive, I'm not that interested in Twitter these days, but um, I don't do that because I don't like the idea of allowing all these gender critical people to live in their bubble, that these people are not bullies. I'm like, no, no. I'm not going to slink away. I'm not going to allow mm. all the people who are saying just don't listen to them. They're fine. And I can see they're being friendly with people who are lying about me and smearing me and being horrible. And I'm like, I'm I'm not going to slink away because that would make every life much easier for everybody else. And I, I I'm not interested in doing that. There's a there's a kind of a fundamental I just think, "Nah. I don't I I don't want to to allow that to happen." I think it's I think it's, uh, it's letting them away with it, you know, and I, I just think they're bullies and I'm not going to, um. Like capitulate to them. No, I'm not going to capitulate No. So they're stuck with me. <laughs>
2: yeah. I did this, uh, or I have this ongoing series of, uh, it's just a playlist it's not really a series i just named one playlist women and i just like put whenever i interview a woman like i just put it there. it's up to like is it like
1: your binder full of women is that it's my it's
2: my romney binder that's what it is i even married one of them i actually actually fulfilled it right
0: what
1: what what what's going on
2: i interview Uh, people and i had one full oh you don't know romney
1: She doesn't know about the binder full of women it was a presidential candidate who was talking about like remind me, Benjamin, like that his staff is so diverse, and someone accused him of not having any women on his staff or something. He said, "Oh no, we're gonna we have a binder full of women that we're gonna find I one or you something."
0: you're talking about binders. I oh, yeah, you can't
1: you can't say binder around us three without oh, it geez, getting confusing. In Ireland, <laughs> we call it a folder. <laughs> a folder full of women. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. So you have a playlist of women. A, a ladies playlist. Yeah,
0: great like territory. Uh what? That sounds like red flag territory. That sounds it's like very red flaggy.
2: Flag. It's not faggy though. Anyways, um <laughs> No, you guys are just making me think of something. Um that I was talking with Leslie about uh recently. About oh uh, she she's been uh thinking a lot about beauty culture and, and wondering to what degree, and this would be a great question to have you guys open to, to what degree this transmasculine female thing is a reaction to previous iterations of beauty culture, you know, what do we do with the losers kind of thing? And so they, they become men or whatever it is. But, um, it can go the opposite way where women can get really obsessed with their looks you know and and mm-hmm. like we have we have another ongoing argument where I'm I, I have this uh, pet theory that Kim Kardashian's actually not a gynephile, she's still a female she's just in love with herself as a woman
0: mm-hmm. and so she mm-hmm. she's
2: she's making herself into a woman because that's where her her love is mm-hmm. of herself as mm-hmm. a
0: woman mm-hmm. Um I like that um, theory, and I've thought of that theory before. And it's not even just in love with herself as a woman; it's an erotic obsession with her form. Yeah,
2: I think there's something there.
0: Yeah, it's and the w- women who get a lot of cosmetic surgery. Your woman, that Katie Price, her name was Katie Price Jordan. She was she she in fairness now uh, she ruined herself. She just got so much yeah. surgery, but she was she was incredibly sexually charged and incredibly uh obsessed with her form as a woman yeah uh, I, I i i yeah i've been thinking something about that but we will have to think and, of an, uh, a, with an acronym
1: well, well i could mm, keep going go keep going with your question because i have lots yeah. of thoughts about this
2: no yeah okay well we could stop at any time i i just uh just to finish the thought um while I was listening to you to talk about this story, and, like your reactions to this story, mm-hmm. I like I saw you both as little girls, like on a playground. Mm-hmm. I just saw like your spirits, red you know, flag, and, like
1: Stella, red flag. I know this is weird. This is really pretty feeling.
2: No, no, it, it, it's ahead. just like I, I, I when you really listen to people, when you really watch them and get to know them. Yeah. you get to see that there's these different selves to them yeah, you know yeah, and like yeah, you can see oh, yeah. she's in her girl she's like she just becomes like a girl she becomes a woman or she becomes right. like a crone mm-hmm, you know like mm-hmm, there's this cycling mm-hmm, kind of femininity yeah. and so the trans or gender the one of the problems with the gender thing is it's trying to concretize something that's it is really fluid your mm-hmm, gender is really fluid mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you're cycling through mm-hmm. these things but it's not just like femininity yeah. there's like different kind of ways that you focus on the world or that things make sense your personality becomes like i was just watching you Sally. you just you're so righteous you're like you're not allowed to act that way i could see this little girl you can't act that way we're yeah. not allowed to act that way and, and sasha's like oh look at the witch you know like look at the witchy witch you know like this these like really feminine things and so um you know in the in the and then i was just thinking about the playlist of just listening to women and just allowing women to talk um, hopefully, to let these girls who are really worried about being a woman, just you can be looked. You can just see who what a woman is. Like like uh, over time, like especially when I get to interview. Uh, people like you over and over and over again, like over time. And you get—we're all kind of adults, so we're not really changing that kind much from one year to the next. <laughs> but when when I when I interview uh, like the detransition kids over Ooh. the course of years, I'm going from when they're twenty to twenty five, and this yeah. is like a tremendous yeah. amount of yeah. development. Um, so, anyways,
0: there was uh, a, there was a, a kind of a, a point there where I was thinking of something about. The, the self-righteousness and things like that. And I, I think it's a very good point. But I also think that actually the the the, section, the, the behavior of a girl to a woman it, it's we don't talk about it enough. For example, I've I really watched, because I've got kids, the movement from a girl who will, and I don't want to be crude, but this is what happened. The girl who who will, let's say, do a handstand or a cartwheel. And also these girls, they sit with their their legs wide open, really wide open, do you follow me? And it's very cool and they're completely physically kind of, I'm not going to show you, but they're completely like, you know what I mean? And then I I, I tracked it very closely in the last few years just to see when does that go into this kind of, do you know what I mean, Mm. where they would never sit with their legs open. And it was really noticeable to me that between the ages of around about nine and twelve, they just go in. And they will never again sit with their legs wide open. So I think the girl yeah I think it's a big thing. I don't see many women sitting with their legs spread ever unless there may be a lesbian. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's socially it seems to be socially good, But I think it's very interesting When you think of that girl you were describing earlier, Sasha, who kind of walks like a man. And I was thinking when you were telling me, do you remember the girl you were talking about a few minutes ago when she walked like this when she tried to... I was thinking, I bet you she sits on the bus when she's being a man with her legs open. I'd love to kind of do it because I I thought it was amazing that I seem so kind of cool about gender. And I, I, I don't have gender, you know, what are they called? norms and stuff and yet i don't sit with my legs spread and i would find it very difficult to sit in company with my legs spread just sitting there you know i think i would find that really hard to do mentally you know
1: i i think i i sit like that i mean my dad has been telling me you look like a construction worker since i was young <laughs> so I just <laughs> i but i i thought it had to do with My background in like dance and movement and like working out and stuff like I, I think it has something to do with that. Um, But that that is an interesting point. I mean, the way girls start taking up less space and that's talked about a lot in kind of like the the everyday feminism type of magazine like stuff. Um, Yeah yeah i i don't i'm not sure i mean what what i'll say about your question benjamin is uh, when when i've heard you and leslie talk about this she made this really interesting point that there's an uglification that a lot of the gender questioning girls are doing which is very interesting we talked about this in our retreat how like it, it looks like sometimes these girls are trying to make themselves yeah. unattractive and leslie is saying maybe this is a way of just rejecting that female, female competition for beauty, which is one way of looking at it. And yeah. I also, um, I've been thinking a lot about this and um, there's so much I want to say about it. Uh, I think that the desire to engage with beauty and beautiful things is not something that should be, be thrown out as though it in and of itself is a superficial thing. I think there's a risk of doing that. So I just want to be mindful of that, that like form and lines and color and shapes and beauty and things that are pleasant to look at are a very natural part of being human. They exist in nature. They exist in beautiful animals and birds and plants, and there's no reason that that should be stripped away from humans as well so there's a risk in some of the kind of feminist argument that we will inadvertently kind of shame women or men for the desire to engage with beauty okay but of course when that when beauty itself becomes a product to buy and sell and it's treated as the most important aspect of a person and it's like a commodity that you play up and play down so that you're acceptable to others. That's different. So I'm not sure like how to make sense of all this, but I do think that some of the gender girls that I have worked with and have consulted about well, there's an interesting trajectory that could shed light on this, which is that they're usually very feminine naturally. And they go through a period right before the trans thing of trying really 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 hard they're like doing their makeup every day for hours on end and they're doing their hair and they're obsessed over outfits and they emulate the popular pretty girls at school and then something happens yeah maybe they get bullied by a pretty popular girl or somebody tells them that they're ugly or something like that and then all of a sudden that aesthetic becomes the enemy and they are like i'm not playing this game anymore i want nothing to do with this and then like the normie cis girls become like the antichrist you know and that's not true for all the kids there's obviously a lot of gender non-conforming kids who never really cared about those but but there's definitely a type of girl who used to be obsessed with beauty and makeup and hair and all this stuff and then goes the opposite direction growing out my armpit hair like making myself look as masculine as possible, binding my chest, huge baggy sweaters, my curves are gone, like all of that stuff. And I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think those those girls, those particular girls you're talking about, they're often they haven't tapped into their their anger either. So they're they're quite compliant and very nice and do you know which is part of the whole trying so hard. And it must be a liberation to suddenly go, uh, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? it must be great for them. Yeah, you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, it must be a great feeling for them. So it gives them plenty. And it's a pity that they I do think we're living in a world which is extremely vain, extremely looks oriented and it's got in on them. So therefore, they have to look like a man. They, they, they can't just be. Uh, you know, I, I think we underestimate how much vanity and beauty and looks are part of this whole thing. I, I Nobody mm-hmm. likes to say it. I said it right at the beginning when I, my film mm. first came out. I said something like, it's just looks." Well, the trans activists went insane. They went insane Mm -hmm. because I said Mm -hmm. it was these looks. And I often think back, thinking a nail on the head, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was about the looks. This is what mm -hmm, people are after. This is Mm -hmm. you know very, very, very strong Mm -hmm. determination to look a certain way, whether it's hair or stance or whatever.
2: Can I ask your professional opinions?
0: On you, Benjamin?
2: No, 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 no. You want
1: us to I'm assess beyond. your looks? No, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm beyond. I'm. Oh yeah, do you like? Do you... do
1: you like this look?
2: I did shave right before we got on. I probably missed a few. Uh, anger. I like. I like what you brought up, Stella. Uh, you guys work with teens, right? Such so your adolescence and parents. And Stella, you, you
0: still is it spread teenagers and parents more parents than teenagers and, yeah, but yeah. What's anger I like to, for? I'd like to see teenagers and non-gender as well, just to remind me of the culture. If you follow me, i just like to have mm-hmm. just a couple. Not you okay. know, don't work many days or anything, but just a little bit.
2: Yeah. But go on. Just a- anger. What is that for?
0: <coughs> what is that for? What, what why do Yeah? They, yeah.
2: Why do we, <laughs> why why what do we do with anger? Oh, I, I guess people direct anger at you Stella that's what we're talking about or you get angry we get um, outraged and stuff but like when a I just the 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 case study of that girl who was super girly has to rebel you know there's this story that one of my friends told me about like his stepdaughter she was just arguing with them and arguing them with and like just for like she all of a sudden she just started becoming really argumentative and for like a year and a half she was just like it was just impossible, and then one day she like comes out into their front room, and says, "I think I've been an asshole," <laughs> and then she goes back to her room, and she's no longer being like that anymore. You know?
1: Whoa, that's amazing! <laughs> How long did that last?
2: The argument. I, I think you said our, like it our was.
1: Our phase.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. I have, <laughs> I have problem I with it. I'm at the end right
0: now, but then like, gee. It's yeah. Okay, it's okay. Well, I think I think if you're not angry, you're you're asleep. You know, I think. There's so much to be angry about in this world yeah. that it's the only sensitive response yeah. to an awful lot. Well, there's a
1: that. cultural
2: thing here too because Stella, you are Irish.
1: Yeah, and there's like a, a fighting like Irish.
2: It. I mean, it's there's there's something going on. It was like just a couple of months ago you guys were burning down your whole uh, <laughs> country.
0: I don't know. You know this fighting Irish. I I kind of wish we were. I I <laughs> I think sometimes that we once were. I think you know as a nation we 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 were colonized for for hundreds of years and we learned to be really quite um i don't want to say sly but we learned to kind of just nod to the man as we did our own thing if you follow me we learned to kind of city hall was just you know unbreakable so kind of you navigate around it and so I, I think our, our friendliness is our stronger trait now than the fighting Irish. You know, when we are fighting is when we're drinking, if you follow me. Mm. So it's coming out. So it's very much like the trans girl. You know, she, she's identifying mm. as trans. You're real nice and friendly and come on in. And I'll be really nice with you. And then a few drinks. I never liked you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? While well, this girl that we were talking about, me and me and Sasha, so arguably, they're they're very nice, and then they, you get them into the therapeutic context, and they're seething about different people. If you follow me, yeah, it's the same well, thing. It's, you know, lifting the veil.
1: Yeah, I mean, anger. the The function of anger is that it helps us recognize when we have been treated poorly, and gives us the energy. I mean, anger as an emotion comes with a lot of energy to defend ourselves to take action. Sometimes anger can propel us to kind of meaningful steps, behaviors that take a lot of effort, you know, so anger has a very important function. And what I've noticed is that a lot of the kids who we're talking about not only do they struggle with anger but they don't like feeling angry for some reason or another they're like i don't want to be angry i don't like having that feeling i don't let myself have anger i've heard that a lot in therapy so there's a real difficulty here when there's a kind of a core emotion that is just a natural part of being a mammal that is disallowed in the person and uh you know I I I don't want to I don't want to derail the conversation. I'm starting to generally speaking, I'm starting to have some skepticism and doubt about a lot of psychological theories that are just floating about out there, taken at face Brilliant. value. So yeah, lots. Like I'm really going through something. And luckily huh. Stella and I seem to both be because like we both like secretly we're like summit therapy is bullshit. Like,
0: yeah. I don't
1: know about a lot of this stuff, but I do, I do know that at least in my experience working with clients, if you can allow yourself to feel your emotions, they help you clarify what to do next. But if you tell yourself, every time I get angry, I'm bad, I'm terrible, I have to figure out how to stop myself from feeling this way, that's probably not gonna lead you in a positive direction. I mean, there are times when stoicism is the best approach. I don't think you should let your emotions loose like a cannon everywhere and in all contexts. But if you have a lifelong pattern of not ever allowing yourself to be mad, even when someone treats you really terribly, you're going to be meek and passive and not know how. And then you're going to go crazy on Twitter. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: often, often
1: those girls might be kind of, no, I don't mind. No, I didn't mind.
0: No, I didn't yeah. mind. No, it was fine. Actually, I just look positively at things. So it's fine. But I often ask them. Now, you, the geniuses that listen to you, Benjamin, will correct me. So I'm, I'm happy to be corrected because I know I'm in the comfort of my own office. I can say to teenage girls this mismangled quote. But no, bring it to light. I often ask them, I say, somebody like Nietzsche said, are you nice or are you just scared? Mm. If you follow me. Okay. And I like discussing that with them. But I have no idea where I got that That's quote or who question. said it. I think Nietzsche said it. It's kind
1: of Nietzsche-esque. A guy <laughs> named Benjamin Boyce once asked, "Are you? are you nice or,
0: you or just scared? scared? That's I'm a good scared. question. Yeah, because yeah. they're generally just scared. They want to be popular. It's it's they're not as nice as they want to be.
2: Yeah, well, that, that makes me uh, think of uh, a lot of. It's just this thing that I see a lot, and it's coming from. I think it's coming from the UK, but I'm not really sure. But people, people like in the GC community, they're like, be kind. Like they they say they say like they're being told to be kind all the time. Like and and they're rebelling against being kind in the way it's like they're the shadow boxing, I don't see what they're fighting with, but I know they keep on fighting against this cultural demand to be kind. I know.
1: I know. I, I do think I mean and I feel I feel kind of bad because maybe some people really grew up with these messages, but I do think whenever you are part of some kind of social justice movement, you have to have the enemy that you're fighting against. And I do hear certain phrases repeated a lot amongst a certain type of feminist that like, women are always told to be kind and women are done this and this and that. And there are probably certain places yeah. and times and families are specific, you know, where that's yeah. true. But for the most part, I don't I don't know what they're talking about. Sometimes it's like a kind of a phantom enemy that I think I'm going to get so skewered for this. But generally speaking, if you are a teenage girl in most normal American cities right now, you're not being told to be kind. Like nobody really. S- well, sometimes in the social justice world, I'm arguing with myself. So, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right? but sometimes in the social justice world, there is like a Love is love, just be kind to everyone. So maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I've got a
0: teenage girl, so I'm in Ireland, mm-hmm. and like she's so into this. Like you can hear the way they're talking. You go, girl, you don't take any shit. You yeah. go <laughs> and the boys yeah. are there like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So but there's a dichotomy because yeah. clearly from the way they're telling me what's going on in school. There's another type of boy who I'm not meeting, who is really pretty obnoxious and in, in their face. So I'm not meeting that boy. He's not allowed into our house. Mm. And it's very girl powery. But there, it's I think there's a schizophrenic kind of message that there is yeah. sassy talk and go. And yet they're really looking at their looks and they're putting a lot of effort into looking nice and... I think it's very disjointed and, and no if, wonder their brains get And if friends. they
1: say anything about trans or gender or race or Israel Palestine, like they're bad people. So there is a weird like badass yeah. bitch, you go girl thing, but at the same yeah. time you have to have all the right opinions about every single other topic. And look very beautiful, no matter when or where. Like you know what I mean? So they're it's it's
0: no wonder their brain gets scrambled. It's very very. Complex. But do they have
1: to look very beautiful? Are you sure? Do you think?
0: Maybe it's just the crowd that I'm seeing. Just they seem to be so vain. I'm like, wow! Do you ever stop lo- talking talking about your looks? You're gorgeous. Oh, I love the way you do this. <laughs>
2: well I mean, when we were in Killarney we were uh it was the weekend yeah. and they had like the party, and all the boys like showed up with their really loud obnoxious cars and all the girls oh, like had yeah. like their plastic wrap dresses like flopping <laughs> all over the place but maybe it was that was just stereotypical
0: a stereotypical behavior at all it was so <laughs> trashy
2: and so gender in your face it's hilarious that uh what, what it was the e u path yeah like the yeah. transgender uh, they yeah. had that there like yeah and then we had that you guys had the spec you know, had that there too it was very
1: I, I was at the mall the other day and we were, we were just walking around and then there was a group of teenagers and i thought it was a costume party or something at first because all the girls were literally wearing like dresses that were like just barely covering their nipples and like so short and i thought it was like a some sort of a performance or something and then i realized there's just a bunch of teenagers Mm -hmm. and i i keep saying to myself when i see those scenes so i guess i'm debating myself out loud as we talk but i say no wonder girls are gender dysphoric like how are you going to exist like that it's so insanely ridiculous it's such a hype like hyperbolic trope of not even like a kind of innocent pretty femininity with like a long flowy dress it's like like straight up like prostitution gear so i i get why there's so many dysphoric girls and then i see other kids in the mall that are like wearing these ginormous pants and they have like ugly green hair and i'm like okay i I get what you're doing actually (laughs) i get it it's really hard
2: yeah well they have to they have to stand as it's crude in a a certain sense you know the the girl who's rebelling against femininity is doing it crudely just as the girl who's embracing her femininity she's doing it crudely like they're playing with forms
1: exaggerations these are all exaggerations yeah yeah Yeah, i think you're right
0: about 13 years old 14 years old girls they they go to discos. You were laughing at that session. You said it's like something from nineteen seventies or something in Ireland. They go to discos, but they wear extremely, like I said, tiny dresses. Yeah. And the only good thing about it, like it's 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 crazy, and I'm there always saying, "Look at the boys with their lovely jeans and hoodies, and the girls in the Irish weather are looking blue with the cold." <laughs> I know. But one lovely thing that I, I has come in is they all wear runners. Yeah. and I, I remember they used to always wear really high heels and they were horrible yeah. to wear yeah. and they were so sore now they're all wearing one of so thankfully one thing has happened but it's unbelievable how sexualized it is and how exposed those girls must feel when they wear those dresses they go from being ordinary girls with ordinary clothes to they hit 13 and you're going out on the Saturday night, and nobody's ever seen their body and then suddenly bang, go on then They must feel like they're naked in front of the town. Like it must be extremely difficult to expose yourself on that level the way they do. It's really, 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 really um, sexualized. Tiny, like you say, tiny dresses. Yeah, I wouldn't fancy it. Mm.
1: I I, I mean, I have to say, like, I worked in bars and I kind of had a crazy nightlife and when I look back at you know, it it took time to figure out what to do growing up, figuring out like, what does it mean to have a a female body and to be, you know, to care about my appearance, to want to look good, but also figure out like, well, what is my actual aesthetic and style? And I look back at some photos of crazy stuff that I used to wear and I can't believe that I wore it. And at the time, I don't even know if I felt that exposed. I think I was just a little bit, Like oblivious and also just thinking uh, this is what this is what it means to like look good i don't know and and i think different like subcultures also promote like the nightlife culture for sure people wear very skimpy clothing because i
0: remember like when you wore certain clothes you just got so much attention from the moment you left the house just just everybody it was just yeah. so relentless mm-hmm. and then another night you might just no nah, no nah, nah. I'm wearing a big jacket and <laughs> yeah I have not the energy for that but yeah. I remember I was a street trader for years so you know I was selling things on the on the street in Dublin and I learned to have a certain face it was kind of like a mask of kind of you know resting like bitch I, face like yeah bitch face, bitch face. yeah because if I didn't have it creeps would come up to me all day
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was just if they didn't put on the kind of and yeah. if i didn't you just got it all day all day yeah and they were creeps proper creeps oh
1: yeah I yeah that. yeah
0: yeah and so it was a real lesson that you kind of had to put on your mask for me i i really learned that so yeah that was tedious
1: it takes a lot of work actually just to deflect men's attention as a woman. Like it's a, it's like a, a really, it exactly. takes skill and emotional attunement with yourself and it takes strategy and learning like, and 15 year olds don't know how to do it.
0: And they yeah. get angry. The, the men get angry with you because you don't oh, smile. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get angry yeah. With you. Really? yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So with they that- say something creepy to you and you just go, and they go, what's wrong with you? Who do you think you are? You know, they go straight yeah. in like, yeah, yeah, it's horrible.
1: I I remember when I was working in the bars, I, was a, I started as a cocktail waitress and then eventually I started bartending. And, you know, I, I had so many invasive questions from men every single night. How old are you? Where, what do you do? Do you have a boyfriend? What are you studying at school? Like just t- always, always questions. And... I was always trying to be kind of like you know cuz you're there in the service industry so you're you're there to you know entertain customers and blah 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 and I started feeling really really overwhelmed. I actually went to therapy because of this. I was in mm-hmm. graduate school at the time. And what I came to discover through therapy is that I couldn't answer people's questions anymore and still feel like I had my privacy like it was an invasion of my privacy all the time so I made a rule and I told customers I have a rule at my bar I'm allowed to ask you questions but you're not allowed to ask me questions and people kind of found it fun like oh she's playful you know like that kind of thing but it really helped to kind of not make me feel so vulnerable so raw so like visible and I mean, I was in my mid twenties and I took, it took like therapy to think through, how am I going to deal with this super invasive job? So I can only imagine as a kid, also your teenagers are bombarded by like DMs and stuff by random strangers. And the kids literally think they have to be nice and answer everyone who DMs them. And they're literally asking for boob pics. So like, I cannot even imagine being 15 or 16 now. On social media,
0: and saying no, creep. I, 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 I don't want to send you a nude because yeah. I, I don't. I think I'll get into a little bit of trouble. But you're really nice. Oh,
1: I thought we okay. were
0: friends. I mean, yeah. yeah. I can
1: only imagine the creepy, manipulative things that these guys say. I can't even imagine. Yeah. My little chickens
2: boundaries. Yeah, but it's
0: not a not easy not
2: easy well if well we don't we don't want a society well i don't know this is the safeguarding question i guess because to what degree is it uh good for society that we put boundaries on the youth like we impose boundaries on them you can't wear that you can't go here you have a curfew Right To what degree do we want that? To what degree say, okay, you're going through a period where you still need some Mm guardrails or guidelines, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but we're going to give you a little bit more. But just like plunking a kid into the Wild West, let alone the internet.
0: I don't know, because I I went on holidays with the kids. uh, It was Portugal, actually, last summer. And um, I remember me and the kids were going off on, what are they called, those electric scooters. And my daughter, who was 15, suddenly wanted to wear a big hoodie. And it was a hot day in Portugal. And I was like, mm. no, this is so hot, don't. And then I realized, because she kind of looked at me and she said, okay, right. You know, yeah, I, w- I won't wear the hoodie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is hot. Like, she, you know, she was convinced by me. Yeah. And I realized the looks, the relentless looks, every second we were out, I could see why she wanted to wear a very hot, heavy sweat the body in the middle of a, a summer's day that isn't right okay that's awful
2: is, the, is that is that across the board sasha i guess yeah i guess you brought this up too it's like you just have to yeah. navigate the attention of men. that are just out there on the street wanting to wave at you
1: <laughs> oh, doing it with their eyes a, a hand um, um no it's more Well, it's it the... is funny that you say that because If I was 13 and an adult man waved at me from across the street, I would feel super confused and violated and scared. I'd probably be literally scared. But at 42, if a man waves at me from across the street, I'll just be like, hey, buddy, like, how's it going? Like, I won't care at all. So context, you know, context matters. And and we can't, we can't treat the world as though every single woman in the world is as vulnerable and confused and naive as a 13-year-old and on you know on the other hand how do you help you also don't want to normalize behavior that is not appropriate for a 13-year-old on a 13-year-old i mean i don't know i don't know what to say about that
0: i i think like waving at anybody across the street is generally okay (laughs) thank god (laughs) <laughs> but the thing is, these creeps—you men wouldn't know it what they do. You know what I mean? I remember I was walking across O'Connell Bridge yeah. when I was about thirteen, and um, this man just came up behind me and he just started feeling my arse. And I was walking across the bridge, and I, it was like I was so young. How, how do I? How do I stop him? Like, like yeah. everybody's around. Everybody. So what scary. the hell? And he was just. Really you know yeah. what i mean I'm walking along and i said stop and he's like no you're looking the part and i said no no stop and I, yeah was awful. and i didn't know how to say fuck now over the years yeah, yeah yeah get away but the first time it was like what the hell is happening I'm yeah. up front of everybody It's hard to explain that you, that is not easily navigated. No,
1: men like that are serial harassers. Like these are not normal men. Like that happened to me once in the bar. And this, this guy was like, he had a whole strategy of how he was going to grope me. And it was not the first time. And I'm sure it wasn't the last. And he was escorted out by security. And like, that was the only time in something like seven years in the bar business that anyone did anything like that. But those men are serial creeps and they go around like finding ways to do that. So, you know, there's like a stat about like the like violent crimes and sexual crimes are committed by like a small percentage of the male population, but they commit like 90 percent of the crimes or whatever. I don't remember the stat, but like that makes perfect sense to me that this guy who did that to you, he had done that probably a thousand times. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Would well, did
1: you ever know. think
2: about training your daughter how to how to fire a pistol and just have her close carry or conceal carry?
0: No, well, that's your crazy country where they're
1: gets
2: groped, like, you just like.
0: Like she, something so, out of the cowboy land. You'll
2: like lose that. your hand if you touch bees. There, Sonny. sunny.
1: Yeah, in Ireland, that's exactly how they talk, Benjamin.
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Get your bar, smarter, bar, smart, whatever, not for me. I don't know. I, don't, I need to talk. You've but been angrily. listening to
1: her for two hours. What do you mean? How I do know. Talk? Could
2: you do your angry thing, Stella? Again, my angry thing. Yeah, I could you just get irate so I can understand how to?
1: I can't I, mean, I just can't you. She's on. too nice. She can't yeah, be too hungry.
2: nice. Be too nice. Too I nice.
1: I think I have to go pretty soon here.
2: Okay. There
1: oh. Right. Oh. We're just getting started. I know. Yeah.
2: Oh, it has been an hour and a half. I Jeez. wish I
1: had a pint
2: i know that would be fun it
1: feels feels very pinty like this has felt like such a fun conversation this really makes me miss being together with you guys that's so funny because
0: i was half thinking of of texting in the kind of in the start of it or kind of early start i was going to text bring me up a bit yeah
1: totally so
2: i did want to tell the the audience sasha that uh you were at one conference, and I was doing some video video editing of these different panels and stuff. And mm. uh, I've been I've been in, in several rooms with you now, like at these conferences. And, yes. And you have this what my uh, wife Leslie calls this therapist thing, where you're re- responding emphatically. Oh, uh, really? It's you also because
1: I'm Egyptian. We like cannot shut up. That's okay, part of it's that.
2: like the black person in the movie theater. It's just like it's a part of being. <laughs> But it's totally. funny because whenever you're on a panel
1: the, and
2: the mic is, and the mic is moving closer and closer to you, yeah. you you start to hear Sasha's voice gets a little bit louder, a little bit louder, a little bit. Oh, oh, oh! You know, you're just like really <laughs> engaged.
1: Yeah, I think it's partially therapist, partially like I'm so I've been loud since I was a kid. Like my my parents have always just been like, Shh, Sasha, everyone can hear you." Like that's that's me and then it's also maybe a bit of cultural
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: I'm a restless woman
2: no you're 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 Sasha yeah you're named after some Russian hero
1: I from Dr. Zhivago oh I must watch that the film the film film. beautiful film. (laughs) beautiful film it is a beautiful film
2: so what's what's next on the roster for Gender A Wider Lens?
0: Oh, we've and got a And what worry. else you
2: guys got slotted for 2024? And then, and then we'll let Sasha go.
0: We've got a very full um, schedule, really, with some really great people lined up. Yeah. And we moved to Substack, which is a bit yeah. of an event. And, you know, we've got a great team now. It feels like we're really getting into full throttle now. Yeah, yeah,
1: does. It really does. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very excited about this season. Um, we have so many great guests coming on. And I mean, I feel tempted to say, but I just will just let it be. But we we have some really exciting conversations coming up. And, you know, Stella and I were just talking about how like my energy for gender kind of waxes and wanes, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty super energetic right now. So oh, I'm really cool. excited.
0: Yeah. One thing nice though for this year is we've written the book the book that we wanted to write
1: Yeah. and that we
0: needed to write and that we wanted to be able to sh- point to parents and I was afraid that once we wrote the book when kids say they're trans I was afraid that we'd forget something massive and think oh we've got to get it into the second book but that hasn't happened it's yeah. out now a long time and it's like no it's it's standing up well it's out for a few months now and it's like yeah. I can point people to the book and it's like finally it's it's almost a talisman like it's there you can read okay. read the book you know it's something tangible that parents can hold and i think i'm really 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 glad that that book is written and out. i really am just as a kind yeah. of monkey off my back from all those awfully sad emails yeah that we have something to give them now you know
1: yeah
2: and now you're a published author sasha
1: I know. Thanks to Lisa and Stella who like made me do it. Otherwise I don't (laughs) think I would, (laughs) but yeah, it is really exciting. And I'm really proud of the book. I'm really, really proud of it. Yeah. and I I think there are little things we would probably, I mean, there's always like, I mean, the book could have been like 900 pages, you know, but like we just had to decide, okay, this is good enough for now. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it is really good.
2: And any workshops or retreats coming Mm -hmm. up?
1: We are going to be doing something this summer, probably sometime in June. We're getting the details of that squared away now. So please stay tuned. Um, Yeah.
0: Hmm. Hopefully it'll be a a good year for gender. Everything about it looks like the world is really waking up now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It takes a while. Uh, Wilfred Riley said you have to give normies about two years to catch up like some, somebody's going to call attention to something you know wh- whatever it is like whatever like kind of mm-hmm. out there thing yeah so probably it takes a while for that person to or that issue to hit bill maher or new york times or whatever mm-hmm. it is that uh whoever like us uh allows us to think the way yeah. we're allowed to think
1: it feels like a slog because we've been in this for a long time. So I'm like, yeah. two years from when? Cause, yeah, uh, we've
0: yeah, been trying
1: <laughs> to talk about this for a long time. But I hear you. Two years from some point. Well,
0: yeah. It yeah. does feel like we're in a different realm anyway. We're
1: di- in a different chapter. Yeah, yeah, I think so.
2: I must have talked to you five years ago, then, Sasha. We oui? probably it must have been like
1: 2019.
2: Wow.
1: You were my first interview.
2: It was 2024. I'm like, you know what? This girl's going places. And then he <laughs> on, Yeah, you told me. me. You were
1: like, you could do things with your life. Oh, <laughs> kid. He gave me a punch on the shoulder and said, You're going places, kid. You go
0: out there. <laughs> I remember the first time uh, Benjamin in, uh, <laughs> he interviewed me. And I, I really wasn't very up on America or cultural things in America. At all, it just was not something I was owned in on ever. It was just over there, like you would be to Ireland. And you yeah. said something like about well, you know, the race thing, and I kind of got involved in the race. And I was like, "Is that still a problem in America?" And you were like, "What is this?" Thing? <laughs> I was like, "Really?" Like
1: awesome. <laughs> your face was like a was like, what the hell? Well, that's what Benjamin was famous for before yeah. gender. Oh, yeah, we should get back into race. I just race. spit everywhere. We should get back into <laughs> causing problems in the world of race. I mean, yeah, really, I, you have nothing yeah. better to do, Benjamin, than... Oh, no, no. I was like,
0: maybe it is. Like, whatever you say, you freak. But... <laughs>
2: I don't know. You guys got you guys got some backlash from the summer of Floyd too. Maybe that was just in London, though.
0: Oh yeah, London. Uh, London is a very multicultural city. Ireland is yeah. very. Well, you've been to Ireland. You can tell me. I guess, yeah,
1: I loved Ireland. Yeah, it was really cool. There were sheep there. I mean, you may not have had a lot of she- minorities, but you had a lot of sheep.
0: More mm. sheep than people in Ireland. I believe oh, really? it. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Tasty wonderful well thank you should I hop, I hop off can i hop
1: off or okay, okay, yeah we, we can around. go we'll go
2: bye bye guys have a good night
1: okay. bye, bye guys back. bye Ciao. thank you benjamin thank you. thank
2: you have a good night weekend